Recently, I was looking at the map in my room, and I decided that I would do a podcast on one of the greatest conquerors of all time, Alexander the Great. Who is Alexander the Great, you ask? Alexander the Great was a Macedonian king who expanded his empire that he inherited from his father to include Greece, the Persian Empire, and he reached as far east as India. So, let's start at the beginning. Macedonia, during the time of the Greeks and during the time of Alexander, was a kingdom in the north area of the Balkans, right above Greece. His father, Philip, was actually very integral in setting up this kingdom. There used to be a lot of ununified tribes, but he would unify them, as well as subjugating some of the like northern peoples, some of those tribes. So, as a child, his mother was Olympia and his father was Philip. He was well taught in the way that they would teach you and like noblemen's children back then. Debate, a lot of hunting and things, some philosophies, a lot of reading the classics. He, he was actually a student of the great thinker Aristotle's. And the famous thing about him, as a child, he would tame an untamable horse, which he named Bucephalus, and he would in fact use this horse for 20 years, and he would even name a city after it. Fun fact, it's like the only city he did not name after himself. So, his father was eventually murdered by one of his bodyguards, which eventually led him to inherit the, like, throne of Macedonia. Interesting thing, the Macedonians, a lot of their force, they had something called a sarissa. It is a spear that's around 18 feet long, and it is very effective. It would be more of a pike, I, would, I guess, actually. And it was very useful. So, Greece had already fallen under some, like, degree of control by Alexander's dad. However, Alexander expanded this. He, like, subjugated it more. But at some point, the city of Thebes did prevail, in which case he ended up besieging the city of Thebes, and he eventually massacred the inhabitants. This was kind of one of the worst moments in Thebian history, and kind of knocked them out a bit. His father also has fought in Asia Minor, more specifically, like the area of Turkey, you know, and along the coast, as there were a lot of city-states there. Actually, a fun fact, the city-states is part of what made Greek, Greece and, like, the Greeks unable to fight back. The thing is, a city-state does give you, or the Greek city-states, gave themselves a lot of autonomy, a lot of liberty, personal freedoms. However, a bunch of small cities individually cannot muster up as large armies as a kingdom. Look, that's kind of an allegory to today. Liberty comes out of cost of security and vice versa. If you want more liberty, you have to give up some of your security. But if you want more security, you've got to give up some of your liberties. Same thing back then, pretty much. So, after he um, subjugated Greece, he actually went to war with the Persians. Persia and Greece had a pretty bad history. They would often fight over various things, especially mostly because the Greeks would support the rebellion of city-states in Turkey. Alexander the Great was a very successful general in Turkey. He had horsemen, he had a lot of horsemen and some infantry. A strategy I think I should probably mention is his oblique assaults. Basically, he would marshal infantrymen in the center and cavalry on the left and right flanks. However, his right flank of cavalry would charge in an oblique way towards the left flank. The strategy was very successful and it would be later used to great success by the general Frederick the Great, which I think is very interesting. Another thing is that Alexander the Great had a very unique leadership style compared to today. It may not have been unique back then, but he's probably one of the most famous users of the style. He would fight on the front lines. He would be in the thick of it. 
this did not always end well for him. He had been injured in several occasions, and on one occasion during a siege, and I would, I believe, was the of Mutlan, he was actually almost died and was permanently, like, disabled, but not, like, majorly had, like, a issues walking and stuff after he was shot in the lung. So, during his war in the Persian Empire, he fought the general Darius. Darius had a massive army, I mean, beyond massive. Hundreds, thousands. Alexander the Great's forces were definitely smaller. There were actually several engagements in which he assaulted the um, Persians had a tradition of setting up these well-defended positions. You know, they would get someplace that was kind of blocked off. That way they couldn't be flanked. However, Alexander the Great would usually storm these positions or rush them. And this proved very successful. As sometimes when you choose a position that is like guarded on sides, you get hemmed in. This would actually, a similar fate would befall a Roman legion during one of the campaigns of Hannibal. In which he would slaughter them really badly. This is very similar to that. And this actually happened several times. Darius would retreat and fight against him in a, quite a few campaigns. Each time he would lose and, how, and eventually, the Persian Empire would pretty much fall entirely under Alexander the Great's control. However, this took multiple stages. The Persians did have a great navy. However, the Macedonians did not really use a navy. They had a navy, but they were more of an inland people, so their seafaring culture at times was a little weak. However, they did have a navy. However, Alexander the Great had a different idea. Instead of fighting a superior navy, he had the smart idea of besieging their cities. He actually fought some very famous sieges, including the siege of either Lyre or Tyre, I can't remember the exact name, in Lebanon, modern-day Lebanon. This was a massive siege, and he actually did win the siege, along with many others he fought. However, this was a very long and very violent siege, because back then, the siege engines that we had, that we had in medieval times battering rams, stuff like that, were not as strong. So he had to use, he had to build a massive mole, and he had to use manpower. A lot of people died, and I believe at one point, it, they had the um, navy they had stationed in the city, was used to attack his troops, which led to quite some issues. They also used a fire ship, which is basically a flaming ship to destroy some of his siege towers. He did eventually win a lot of these battles, and basically starved the Persian navy. The reason they fell so quickly is they were galley-based troops, and those who do not know, galley-based troops is you have like galley rowers, you have oars. The main issue with this is they do run out of supplies, and usually they want to stay like close to a city. And even back then, boats, they could make journeys, but certain types of boats like these are more meant for combat, and usually would try to orbit in a certain area to make sure they had a steady supply line. So, Alexander the Great would continue to fight against Darius, who won many battles, he did very successful things. He would also have a habit, he would actually move down to Egypt and conquer it. There, I believe, he visited the, sign, the shrine of Amun, or Amon, hard to pronounce, I don't know why. But it was believed to be a Zeus deity, like, it was originally a deity from the Egyptians, but the Greeks absorbed it as, like, a type of portrayal or a um, deity style aspect of Zeus like Zeus would some, they thought that Zeus would sometimes appear as him he visited this shrine and actually communed there he would also found the city of Alexandria this is the most famous of his many Alexandrias this would have the great library and it's still today a pretty big place he would continue to move 
into more of the Middle East, keep fighting Darius. This is before he defeated Darius, sorry about that confusion. But he did fight Darius for a good amount of time. I believe two to four years was his main. Well, that might have been the siege campaigns, but he fought him for several years. He oftentimes, he would face quite overwhelming odds or even be in scenarios which he was very, like, disadvantaged tactically or strategically. However, he did usually manage to triumph, and he actually won most of his battles. And actually, he was one of the greatest single conquerors of all time, because I think that he was the second greatest, because he built a very large empire, while other empires took many generations, but he was, like, one of the solo people who conquered larger mounts. The biggest one, I believe, would be Genghis Khan, but he was pretty close afterwards. He was also a well-respected leader. His style of combat, he fought with his soldiers. He could also, was very good at, like, speeches and encouragement, and he could get a lot of people to fight with him. Eventually, he got all the way into Afghanistan and Pakistan, and other places like that. There he fought some very tough battles, and at some point, his soldiers did kind of, I wouldn't want to say give up, but, like, they were definitely tired. They had traveled distances that were very, very long for their era. And eventually, he turned back. He did not like this, however. One thing about him is I could say that he kind of had a bit of an ego. He liked to be, like, respected. I mean, that's not bad about, like, the like and be respected, but he definitely had some, like, ego issues. Who'd actually do a lot of different things. After this, he kind of returned, and he basically got a fever and died eventually. But before that, he kind of, like, had a system. He's like, yo... He's like, to generals, he's like, yo, guys, you should, like, split out your land the way you think it should be. But he actually, never mind, sorry. That's, like, he didn't really want that to happen, sorry. But it's more like he told them to keep it together. However, his generals who kind of split everything up, which led to, like, the various Hellenistic empires. One thing I definitely liked about him is, I think his leadership style of fighting on the front lines is a very interesting one. His tactics were good. I also feel like the way he organized things... He had a very well-organized support staff. He had interpreters, scouts, something that you didn't really see in armies back then, which I think is very important to his success. I also think he's just a very strategic and tactically-minded person. And that's about all for today I have on Alexander the Great. Well, bye, everyone. It is great to see you all, and signing off.